Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. This is Rose Cushing. I'm the host of Today's Horsewoman, and we're in Aiken, South Carolina today talking with Susan Novotny. And Susan owns Paisley Acres. She raises Westphalens, and she's had a long life of horse achievements and corporate jobs and experience to share with us today of how she got to where the point she's at today. Mm-hmm. So Susan, tell us a little bit about what got you started in horses. Well, it was mostly, actually it was my brothers. Um, they, they used to ride horses for neighbors because they needed riders and they were good riders. <laughs> and so they um, got me on top of horses and that was it. I fell in love. So, and I started riding uh, at the age of five. What was so, your first horse? Zubini. Zubini? Mm-hmm. Tell me a, about He was a Tennessee Walker rent string horse and uh, my brothers rode, did motorcycle, uh, motocross. And so there was, my father would take all the kids and they'd be doing motocross and there was a place that I could go ride the horses. So I would go to that stables and ride and he uh, wasn't part of the, you know, trail horses, but the gentleman that owned the farm always would give me him because the horse loved me and I loved him. And one day my dad decided, huh. Gave him to me as a Christmas present. So. Oh, what a nice surprise. <laughs> it was, yes. <coughs> that yes. is awesome. So how long did you keep Zubini? Oh, God, I'm so little. It was, it was probably, mm, I would say, three or four years. Um, he was actually older. Right. And um, then, you know, as I got progressed and became a, a good rider, actually my mother bought me a young Arabian who I... Started under saddle myself, and at the age of twelve, wow. and <laughs> and yeah, went on from there and trained her and got into some of the Arabian world, and then I found the Appaloosa and quarter horse world and got into show circuits of Appaloosas and quarter horses. Then how did you progress from there to warm bloods? So I was um, then competing in the jumper part of the Appaloosas and I met uh, Jimmy Williams and Mike Nielsen who told me of the you know the real jumping world besides the breeds world and um, so I started riding uh, my appendix quarter horse in there and, and doing the jumpers and I ended up with a Appaloosa who was named Goliath and doing the I did won some of the junior, junior jumpers in the, in the horse show circuit in California. And then I saw the sport of venting. And I thought, wow, now that is exciting. Um, and I rode up, we had to drive from Southern California up to Northern California. Um, we went to a place called Wild Horse. And, um, and I made my appendix quarter horse into an event horse. Wow. That's impressive. It was. <laughs> so, um, and then I, um, Major Buczakai was out, he was a Hungarian Olympic team, and he saw, saw me competing, and so he invited me to come out in the summers and train with him. So I was training out in Middleburg mm-hmm. in the summers. Then I had to go back to school. Um, 
and I ended up getting long-listed for the Olympic team. That's and awesome. It was exciting. Yeah, <laughs> so, I can imagine. So then I went on to um, staying in, in um, the East Coast. I ended up staying in, actually, Maryland and mm -hmm. commuting to Virginia. Um, and I had a rotational fall, which ended her career and, and mine. Mm -hmm. um, and in that, in that part, I started, um, I, after college, I got a job with the National Institute of Health. Mm -hmm. and, but I still rode horses. Right. I ended up getting other horses and working with Joe Farges and getting into hunter jumpers. What an amazing list of who's who to be trained by. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> he, yes. Yep. He said, Susan, I'll get you back. Into, you know, I, I didn't want to go cross country again. I just, you know, that was too dangerous. And I, and I just really loved the, the show jumpers. And, right. So... And I, um, with my background in the Western and, you know, starting young horses, um, I had a different avenue than he was used to. Mm -hmm. And, but he would go off, he, he'd have me training the young horses um, during the winter. And he'd be gone in Florida. And he'd come back and he goes... I don't know what you did, but these are fantastic. <laughs> right. And, and it was the Western training that I, you know, the putting that good the foundation foundation on them. Um, that you know, that was a little different than, than you know. He said he realized that they weren't so spooky. They were more willing to go, and yeah. And so he started really liking what I had done. So I stayed with him for quite a while. So as you had your job at NIH, what did you do there? Um, I was a biologist. Right. Um, actually, I was on the Animal Care and Use Committee. I had a high clearance. Um, and I basically approved or disapproved of the research that was done in animals. Nice. So I bet that was hard to juggle what you were doing with horses and your job together. I don't know. It was hard. My, um, my hours there were from 6 in the morning till 3. So after 3 o'clock, I was... Awesome. Riding. <laughs> I was on a horse. <laughs> um, and so it, it, you know, it seemed to work out. And then I didn't, you know, I didn't work weekends, so I would compete on the weekends. Nice. Yeah. So how did you get from, well, Joe, Joe does derbies, right? He does the Grand Prix jumpers. Grand Prix jumping, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've seen him jump a couple of times and interviewed him once for the TV show. He's an amazing person. He's, he is an amazing person. He, uh, not... He's an amazing horseman, but also an amazing uh, mentor and confidant. Yes. Very nice. Yeah. So you went on to do Grand Prix show jumping? Yep. And that's what you still do now? I do some, but I, I primarily focus on, on I'm trying to build my technique and training on in hunter jump and hunters, mm -hmm. which is show hunters, right. which is more on precision and less on the height. Okay. And I also breed horses and, you know, keep them, it just keeps me very busy. I'm sure. Cushing so. Media is proud to present our first event for 2021, our Everything Equine Expo, a tribute to horsewomen. April 16th through 18th at the Lake Waccamaw Equestrian Center, Bill Thompson Lane, Lake Waccamaw, North Carolina. 
Our colt starting will feature six of the finest cowgirls in the business. Even the horses for colt starting will be fillies and provided by Lost Creek Cattle Company of Tennessee. Professional demos, trail challenge, colt starting, and equestrian entertainment show on Saturday night. Tickets available online or at the gate for just $30 for the entire weekend, including all events, or $15 per day. Follow us on Facebook at Everything Equine Expo, a Cushing Media production. Yeah. So tell me about your breeding business. What brought you to that? Um, I've always wanted, I was very frustrated in everybody bringing horses from Europe and I really wanted to create what was going on in Europe here mm -hmm. and make it attainable for people to buy horses in our country, made in America. And right. I'm still promoting that. Very good. <laughs> and what, what drew you to Westphalen? Um, the Westphalian, um, so in the warm blood industry, there are many registries and actually, and they're all still warm bloods, mm -hmm. if you will. What I like about Westphalian is they are educational and they are supportive of our country making um, a lot of the other registrations are supportive of you going and buying them from Europe and bringing them here. Right. So, right. and Westphalian is very supportive in helping the USA, you know, develop their, their own horses here. Do they come over and judge them and, and ask them for it to be a stallion and accept They do, they do. Um, they come over from Germany and they, they do what's called a curring. And they, which they are very good about educating on how to do that and how to prepare your horse to do that. Um, so in the currings, it's not just looking at the horse standing still. They look at the movement, the athleticism, the ability to handle them. If they, they don't like horses that are difficult to handle, they want to see a horse that's, that's, that's willing and, and good-minded. And good mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Then they come over and they, they grade them, so to speak, and then that's how they get registered. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, and also through their lineage, they have to have a certain lineage mm -hmm. and to be. Um, they, and they do allow thoroughbreds um, in, but they, they put a pretty high standard. Mm -hmm. Because in, in thoroughbreds, you know, we breed them for running. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that they can do the other sports. Right. But they have found certain lines that do. Um, Bruce Davidson himself had a line, by, a horse by the name of Raja Baba, um, which was a descendant of Nepal. And he had was quite successful in racing, but he was very successful in producing sport horses. Mm -hmm. So you want to look at the lines that... Just because it, it won races doesn't mean it's going to be a great sport horse. Right. And um, and just because he's a thoroughbred don't mean he's going to be a great race horse. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but um, and then the Westphalians have educated themselves too about all these lines and what's good and, okay. and that's you know they've really incorporated the, their standards into what what we have here as well. 
that's very important as a breeder because not all things cross well together. And if you don't really do a little research and find that out, you know, you, you can take two beautiful horses and have an ugly, bad confirmation baby that you never <laughs> expected to come. And and by the same token, you know, sometimes it works the other way too. Oh, it's a classic of secretariat himself. Right. It's very hard to reproduce him. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. And if we all knew all the recipes, we would... <laughs> it is a trial and error thing. Sure. It is. Yep. Yep. We can't be successful without your donations as our partners. Every event that Cushing Media Productions produce donates $1 from ticket sales to Cushing Equestrian Fund. Join us, Cushing Equestrian Fund, your trusted source in an emergency. Follow us on Facebook, and you can donate on our website, www.cushingmedia.net. So tell me a little bit about your farm, Paisley Acres. Um, so it is located in Aiken. Um, it's a small farm, um, and it is nothing fancy, but the horses are all well, well taken care of. Um, we have, uh, I think, 15 broodmares right now, and three steins. Um, and we have our first crop of four and five-year-olds um, that we're getting going and showing, and we're quite excited. That is exciting. Now, when you breed your horses, are all of them Westphalians, the broodmares and the stallion? No. So even if they are approved Westphalian, they can have Holsteiner blood, they can have Oldenburg blood, they can have, you know, and with, like a stallion himself can be registered Westphalian, but he can be approved for all the other warm blood registries. So it's, it's actually quite complex as mm -hmm. opposed to like just being a quarter horse or right. a thoroughbred. It's right. a very, there's a, a great complex of what they yeah, all it's are. Yeah, warm blood instead of right. a breathing. Um, and it, what it is is in Europe, because it's all so small, they all, they all developed warm bloods from various, you know, cross between thoroughbreds or hot-blooded horses mm -hmm. with a, with a cold-blooded carriage horse, mm -hmm. if you will. So right. some of them crossed with the carriage horses. Some of them crossed with the draft horses they were, or the farm horses mm -hmm. because they needed horses that didn't just do farm work or didn't, didn't just do racing. or right. Yeah. And that's how they ended up with the warm blood. And each one comes from each different country. So when you say Westphalian, a lot of them came from Westphalia okay. in Germany. Um, but Westphalian itself will approve horses that have come from Hallsteiner. Um, and then each one has a different standard. Uh -huh. So tell me a little bit about your, your breeding program. You know, how, how have you um, enjoyed doing that? Oh, I quite enjoyed it. Um, and my biggest goal was my preference for the first thing that I, when I'm crossing horses, is their temperament. Mm -hmm. Because I don't care what you have, but if you have a really amazing mind horse who is, loves the work ethic and loves to be ridden, you have, you can accomplish so much more. Absolutely. 
Now, do you feel like that your what what traits do you think your stallion tags his babies with? His temperament mm -hmm. and his soundness. Right. He comes from very old old, old lines, which were Holsteiner lines, mm -hmm. and they were originated in uh, California originally from a, a famous horse, um, Southern Pride. Mm -hmm. He's in his late 20s, who goes back to South Pacific. Um, and you don't see those lines in, in, as much anymore, and he has very, when I was getting him approved as a stallion. We had to x-ray him from head to toe. And he, he has amazing, like, he has a lot of bone, is what yes. they said. He's just, yeah. Mm -hmm. And his father now, I think, is at 25. He's still competing in the Grand Prix. Wow, that's amazing. And when you're looking for a broodmare to cross with him, what do you want her to have to bring mm -hmm. to the table? I really look for refined soundness, and incredible minds. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I've crossed him with another Holsteiner mare uh, who has Cabardino lines, and she's very refined. Um, but um, so his this that foal is amazing. Turns out he's going to be more of a dressage horse though. Subscribe to the first podcast exclusively for horsewomen about horsewomen. Listen to successes, issues, dreams, plans, and all about our industry. Meet some of the most influential women in the horse industry. Everything from the grassroots to the women in the spotlight. Women just like you. Today's Horsewoman. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. New episodes every Tuesday. We look forward to spending time with you each week. And if you have a great story, let us know. This is a Cushing Media production. Keep riding, keep learning, and keep listening. Um, probably, you know, she had, she had a lot of really good movement for dressage. So. Um, and then I, you know, it's also a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've I've done it where I've done it like from the book, and then I've done it where I've said, oh, let's just try this one. And then I go, wow, that worked. Mm -hmm. It is really. I mean, I breed horses, and you know, and it, it, it's very different. It's it, there's science to it, and there's also experience to it, and an art, mm -hmm. very much an art form. As somebody that's been breeding a long time. You know, they can tell you what that mare is going to produce and if she's worth bringing home and how that stallion is going to do. It's just amazing. And that is a funny thing because I had a really fancy horse that I spent a lot of expense on and um, that I just was so excited and she didn't produce much. Mm -hmm. And then I got a horse that was a nice horse and I liked and and she kept out producing herself. Mm-hmm. Every foal was better than her. <clears throat> Absolutely. I have a broodmare that she's so ugly, but everything she puts on the ground is top-notch. If you, if you breed her to a good stallion, she will throw you a baby to die for. Yeah. But you'd never look at her and think that, sh that would be a whoopee. <laughs> 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 That's her name. Yeah. 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 yeah.
and it, it is amazing. And then, and I'm learning. You know, th- my stallion seems to really stamp himself mm-hmm. on you know on on his foals, and with a little bit of the marin. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's very good. I always think that they they get a lot of certain things from the stallion. I have a a red stallion and a chestnut, and he he never puts white on a baby. And you know, and if I have a, a mare that's really flashy with a lot of chrome, you know, the babies have chance of having white. But for him, there's nothing fancy coming. He's he's what he is, and he's fabulous. But you know, he's plain, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Mine has been mine has been producing a lot of chrome. Mm-hmm. Well, now his mother, even though he's plain, his mother had a lot of chrome. Right. And she was a chestnut mare with four white feet. Right. Yeah, and then. Um, so that's been coming out. So you moved from Maryland to Aiken. What brought you to Aiken? The horse world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the, and the weather, the warm weather, and yeah. But the community. Right. It's an, an amazing community. It's almost like you go in and, and then when you stay here, it's like you go, wow, there's so much. It would take me years to learn everything here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the sense of, of community is really amazing, and there's there's so much more to do than just horses too. You know, there's hiking and there's you know art and music and yeah, it's, it's a great, a really great sense of community. One of the purposes of the podcast is to highlight um, women in the the horse industry that are strong and powerful and smart, and and you certainly fit that category. What advice would you give to up-and-coming women about how to establish themselves and have a true place in this industry? My biggest advice, be true to yourself first and give unto others. Mm -hmm. Very good advice. Very good advice. (laughs) So what's left on your bucket list to achieve? In my writing, I have my desire to you know to do, work more on the hunters, and I do have some more. I, I have a stallion who is going to be strictly dressage, um, so I'm going to go back into doing some just dressage as well and move him up the levels. Um, and I have I have desire really to give back to younger people and to help them and to, you know, give them a path of what they want to do with their careers. And there's so many careers and horses you can do. Oh, I know. I, I read an article once and there were, I had 400 different jobs that you could do in the horse industry, whether you owned a horse or didn't. I mean, it's just right. crazy how many things tie back to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and... You know, everybody, everybody kind of has a like, oh, this is what this is what you do, and this is how you do it. And in today's society, you really have to think outside the box. Absolutely. And you need to focus on one thing, mm-hmm. and not scatter yourself all over. And yeah, I mean, you can do all of those those things, but you need to focus. Mm-hmm. I agree. So Susan is going to be a, a competitor in our tribute to the American horsewoman Colt starting in April in, in Lake Waccamaw, North Carolina. So tell me a little bit about your feelings going into that. I, I know you have a gift for starting young horses. <laughs> oh, I'm excited about doing it. 
I, I was a little into it because I'm quite, you know, because I've watched the guys doing it all, and I'm like, oh, they're doing it so Western. I kind of do things a little different, and and then I thought, I'm just gonna do it the way I always do it. Mm -hmm. I'm I just gonna be the same. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to do it, and bringing all my English gear, and yeah, hopefully the you know it should be fine. Awesome. So if people want to get in touch with you about your horses or your program, how's the best way for them to reach you? Um, mostly I'm on Facebook. My page, Paisley Acres, is on Facebook. Um, all my contact information is on there. Okay. And that's the best way to reach me. All right. Or you can come to our expo and see her in person. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. All right. Okay. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one, women just like you and me. Thank you for listening.